Welcome, folks, to The Uncommon Good with Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr. Every week, diving deep into the truth of Catholic social teaching and restoring all things in Christ. The Uncommon Good is on the air. I'm Bo Bonner. I'm Dr. Bud Marr. We are coming to you from these United States of America, here in the middle of the country, between uh, two states, two rivers, just between a lot of stuff. Uh... Good old confluence, bud, of the Des Moines and the Raccoon. Uh, this is the uncommon good. Bo Bonner, Dr. Bud Marr, both of us working at Mercy College of Health Sciences, who underwrites our show. Over there, I am uh, the senior advisor for mission initiatives and the director for the Center for Human Flourishing. Bud, what do you do over uh, in the center of things at uh, Des Moines uh, Catholic College, Mercy College of Health Sciences? I'm the associate provost at Mercy College of Health Sciences, and being between things, I love our listeners in Minnesota, Missouri, but if you landed in Iowa, you chose well. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, what did, was there something those two states did that made you bring that to mind? No. I, actually, I lived in Missouri for seven years, and my favorite baseball team resides there. Minnesota has one of the great like American cathedrals, in my humble opinion, so I take it back. I don't know. I was going to say... <laughs> Nebraska and Illinois, and then I realized I'd be like critiquing the state I grew up in. That's true. Uh, you're in the middle of all four. We're, we're, we're doing some geography lessons for people. I actually think it's um, important to talk about um, when things are going really well. And so if you're talking about a certain Missouri baseball team, bud, mm. it's pretty impressive how well they're doing, wouldn't you say, compared to other local teams that some people root for? I was telling a friend of mine that I – launched into a pretty substantive critique of a team that's to the east of us last week. And he's like, how insulting was this? And I was like, well, it was seven on a scale, the scale of 10. <laughs> I did. I did sort of sideways laud their once in a century world title. It's true. And uh, what I think is one in a century is um, how good is how old's Pujols at this point? Yeah, no, he's ancient. He's base, our age, right? A professional athlete. Yep. Yeah. I, I just want the listeners out there to know that I could not be hitting um, multiple home runs at 41. It's been bonkers. So uh, it's it, baseball, bud, ha is great. If you're a Cardinals fan, maybe not if you're a Cardinals fan. Football is, uh, you know, we, we talk all year. We worry about stuff. We decide this is the end of the road. It can't be as good. And then um, God gives us this wonderful <laughs> an opening week of football uh, as can be imagined. And the fact that it like sort of is like tied up in a nice little bow where someone loses getting an extra point kicked. Um, yeah. Man, the whole football year doesn't have to be that great in order for this first week to have been awesome. Well, given the state of public discourse, I sometimes worry about like, I, I just struggle with like, have we lost a sense of objective truth? And then you watch all of America just root against Brian Kelly. <laughs> and you realize, like, no, there's still like a foundational epistemic bedrock that we can all That's rely right. upon. Like, we might not agree on politics or religion, but when it comes down to it, we were all happy that that extra kick did not make it through the uprights. Um, what we all can also be happy for, at least everyone here, is thank you, Mercy College, for underwriting our show, mchs.edu. Uh, we are uh, good and started, but it's after Labor Day weekend, yeah. so officially, 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 summer's over and school has started. But that doesn't prevent people from taking a gander at mchs.edu to see what program's coming up. They might be interested uh, in joining the good things happening up here at Mercy College. 
I think that's right. Once you get past Labor Day, there's no messing around. You can ease into the semester, but post Labor Day, it's fast and furious, and we're not messing around at Mercy College of Health Sciences. All sorts of health professions to study and uh, help the college let you enter into. That was slaughtered grammatic <laughs> syntactically. At that the was end like there. a bad. That was like a bad blocked point after uh, yeah, touchdown. There you go. Well, uh, what isn't? What is? What, let me point out. What is a well-oiled machine at this point? Um, like Iowa's defense, not their offense, uh, is the church has for a long time, but actually uh, been very pertinently talking about exactly what we got done celebrating uh, this Monday, Labor Day. So uh, Labor Day, of course, the day that you all, uh, most of you, I'm, actually I know very much, so not everybody does, but the idea of most people are supposed to be able to take a break from their labors and enjoy the fact of um, celebrating labor itself, the people who work. The church uh, might be one of the biggest uh, cheerleaders in the cheerleading section about labor, even though that doesn't always uh, get understood. So today we're taking a break from our general arc, uh, doing a special episode in celebration of Labor Day, The Uncommon Good, talking about the Catholic understanding of labor. Stick around. This is The Uncommon Good, and we'll be back right after this. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a full-service residential and commercial roofing contractor in the Des Moines area since 1988. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Thank you, Bell Construction, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Deary of Ames, home of warranty forever, offering new, used, and commercial vehicles, as well as service and Mopar parts. Deary of Ames is located just off of Highway 30 at the Dayton Avenue exit and online at dearyames.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Divine Treasures, a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community since 1992. Divine Treasures, 5701 Hickman Road, Des Moines, 515-255-5230. Thank you, Divine Treasures, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio was provided by Bows and the Florist. Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, weddings, whatever the message, say more with Bozen. Bozen.com, 515-244-ROSE. Bozen makes the moment mean more. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Ashworth Vision Clinic. Complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. 515-440-4610. AshworthVision.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory. Caldwell Parish offers services that are unique to the individual while following the Catholic funeral rites. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory, Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Mercy One, your expert circle of personalized care for all your health needs. With more care locations than anyone, your best life is their one purpose. Find your doctor at mercyone.org. Back with the Uncommon Good, Bo Bonner, Dr. Bud Moore, joining you this Wednesday. Thank you for listening to the show. This is the Wednesday of Labor Day week, so I hope you guys all had a good Labor Day weekend. Uh, obviously, we mostly associate that in America with things like taking a break, uh, grilling out football, things like this. All of this a celebration of the concept of labor. So, of course, Uncommon Good, uh, the social teaching of the church, it's always important for us to take a, a time out of whatever else we're doing to make sure to talk about 
the Catholic understanding of labor and how that has to deal with the common good and Catholic social teaching. Um, but this is uh, always an easy time to bring up uh, a document that was actually made uh, my birth year, 1981, in September in honor of Labor Day of that year by the good St. John Paul II. Um, I'm always going to screw it up. It's uh, You say it correctly. Laborum exertions. Which is like labor and exertion, right? Or something like this. <laughs> yes. The English translation, uh, through work. Yeah, through work. On on labor. On know. labor, I think, is probably the best yeah. way to put this. Now, of course, many of you have probably heard thrown around uh, the social encyclicals, the concept of the social encyclicals. And there's all sorts of um, uh, maybe even other texts or, or popes that people think about this. Rerum Navarum, obviously, Leo Thirteenth, and then the various popes that have uh, commented on him. I do think it's funny that sometimes people exempt John Paul II. They have this idea that he really took things a different way. Um, but this document, 1981 on work, um, establishes uh, what I think is the first thing out of the gate to remember. And then, Bud, turn it over to you because I know we talked about for the show some of the things we wanted to bring up. Here, John Paul II talks about the principle of the priority of labor over capital. And labor meaning the laborers, right? Like labor, the amalgamation, the group of the workers. And that so in the church, the principle of the priority of labor over capital is a postulate of the order of social morality. So that idea that it is important to understand that the worker, and so like St. Saint Joseph the worker, you know, becoming more and more a prominent saint of this time, is not something that is sort of thrown to one side of the political uh, zoo, right? Like this is fresh meat for uh, the left and the right, cares about other aspects of morality. Here's John Paul II, obviously seen as a pope who very much cared about orthodoxy, the sort of totality of, of church teaching, um, really bringing back that idea of the importance of the church's uh, liturgical uh, and, and, and its teachings and things like this. But here he is talking about the the, the priority of labor over capital. So that means the priority of those who work, the humans who do the work, over uh, that means of production, the things that people own, the priority of the person over things. So if John Paul II is talking about it, bud, it's something that the whole church needs to pay attention to. Yeah, I think sometimes when Catholics hear discussions of these topics, some of us, you know, and even myself at times, I've been prone to this temptation, can say like, why does the church have to address this? Like the church has given us the creed. The church has given us all sorts of doctrines. Is it really the church's place to discuss work, labor, economy? But I think um, the body of Christ would be forfeiting its duty and its calling before God if it just ignored that issue. And to ground this, you know, we could go all the way back to sacred scripture. I think what Leo the Thirteenth and the popes after him all the way up to uh, John Paul II and today we're really channeling that prophetic spirit of the Old Testament. But in the 19th century, Bo, I think it was especially prescient or urgent. Um, a lot of times, like, some of the differences that we perceive in church teaching are really because of changed circumstances. So in feudal times, like in the Middle Ages, the concerns of the common will were one thing. When we get to the 19th century and with industrialism, you really do see various ways in which, um, you know, the market economy could exploit laborers. And, uh, <laughs> you know, my thought, Bo, is if the church doesn't do this sort of thing, then others will do it, but without the fullness of the wisdom that the church has. So obviously when we turn to these topics, like one's mind immediately goes to someone like Karl Marx 
And for a lot of Christians, for a lot of Catholics, he's sort of a bad guy. Like I've even heard someone say like one of the four like horsemen of atheism, like it's Marx, Freud, Nietzsche, I forget the fourth. But I mean, Marx, if you dig into his writings, he actually has some really interesting, I think even substantive critiques of the way that sometimes owners uh, can can exploit those who like are are their labor pool, but he doesn't have the fullness of the wisdom of the church. And so we see with Leo the Thirteen this sort of critique of unfettered capitalism, but also a socialism that would descend into kind of practical atheism and usually like an attack against the family, which is the basic seller unit of society. So with Leo Thirteenth, like for our listeners, if you get time, I'd say go back to Rerum Navarum. Or, you know, like Laborum Exertions with John Paul II. Just a lot of great stuff there. Yeah, I, I think about this in terms of, so this is from, once more, John Paul II here. He says, it should also be noted that the justice of a socioeconomic system, and in each case it's just, just functioning, deserve in the final analysis to be evaluated by the way in which man's work is properly remunerated in the system. Here we return once more to the first principle of the whole ethical and social order, namely the principle of the common use of goods. So, of course, we're the common good. So talking about the common use of goods, this idea, of course, that even if you're going to um, say, and I, I think this is relatively correct, that the church can argue about a myriad ways uh, in which social uh, markets can be established. Um, it's, it, as you sort of hinted at, history um, allows for all sorts of different market conditions. Um, what's going to happen when we're, you know, like a, a tribal society versus all the way to like advanced, you know, contemporary societies, markets are going to have to look different. But whatever they are, even if you argue for one in, f- over the other, this idea that we are what is most important is what we have in common. And even when it comes to material goods, what we use in common is the most important aspect of all of this. So when you get to things like, uh, like you said, uh, Marx or other socialists or other social reformers of uh, the 1700s into the 1800s, sort of forcing the issue, uh, you know, dealing with a time no one had ever really dealt with before, uh, even if you're talking about the exploitation of like peasants throughout time, a very different thing that occurs after the Industrial Revolution as we're going into the modern world. And so these well-known people, right, that have, of course, uh, horrible errors that they have intertwined in all the things that they've talked about, the church still allows itself to hear the cry of the poor. And so Leo XIII inaugurates, as it were, this modern response about how we're going to respond to what people need in order for this fundamental principle that John Paul II is talking about, that we are to use things in common, even if that means we have private property, even if it means we have capital, even if it means that we have uh, free markets, even if you're arguing all for that, there is Catholic principles that pre uh, are, are more fundamental than any sort of market that we choose. And I think sometimes, Bud, that's the hardest thing to hear, is if you start talking about collaboration or common use or the common good it automatically starts to be like, oh, well, you must have this sort of politics. You must be a Democrat. You must be a socialist. You must be these sort of pigeonholed names that we throw out. One more time, just can't throw this out enough, that John Paul II, who usually people are, like, if they pigeonhole him, they pigeonhole him, quote-unquote, on the right wing or as a Republican, even though, of course, he's Polish. Mm -hmm. Um, He's saying this, that when it comes to any consideration we have, even what he calls the personalist understanding of the economy, which in no way anyone I think would mistake as being left wing, mm-hmm. he's pointing out that 
work is for people. People do the work. We have to make the conditions so that people can put their creativity into the work they do, and it should be the focus and celebration. Capital, ownership, property, markets, economic theory, all are in service of the human and the human ability to live together and do things together. And I think, but that's really important as we think about celebrating labor. It's not just like, hey guys, you worked really hard, so have an extra day off. It is literally a celebration. We're celebrating this fact that God has allowed humans to be co-creators and any force that squelches that, any force that doesn't allow this to be done in common with our brothers and sisters must be opposed. And again, that's not a reformer saying that. That's not even the quote-unquote liberal pope saying it. John Paul II is making this case for us to remember this week of Labor Day. Yeah, when we talk about these topics, there are like, of several pitfalls that we can fall into. And one that I've already hinted at is this idea of pietism, this, this, this notion that you can sort of have a devotional life and a kind of spirituality and prepare yourself for heaven such that the concerns of the earth are sort of like secondary or unimportant. So like religion is mostly about just being pious and preparing for death. And like we let the other things kind of play themselves out. That's one pitfall. The other pitfall that we might see in topics like this is something like communism, and I'm guessing most of most of us, you know, here on the sh- like here on the show, listening to the show today, know the dangers of communism. If you grew up in the United States during the last few decades, that's kind of ingrained in you. And I would guess if we took a straw poll, most people would say like, "I'd rather not live in a communist society." But a last pitfall, and I think this one is maybe a little more insidious because it's like a bit more possibly deceptive, is like. And, you know, like, it doesn't mean we've necessarily read him, but there's an economist, very influential, Adam Smith, I think 18th century, but he would talk about the free market, that the the idea that the market is just blind and what drives prices and what drives the wages of labor is just supply and demand. And as long as you let supply and demand play itself out and the government keeps its, itself, like, out of the market, then things will sort of be most just or most fair. Well... I would argue that's simply not the case. Like we all know, you know, governments like performing badly in this area, but like the idea of a truly free or unfettered market is kind of um, a shimmera. And so the question is like, if, if a governing body, if it's going to collect taxes or if it's going to order the common life, how does it do so in a way that's just, and the driving principle as Bo already, already mentioned is the idea that labor takes precedence over capital. And what I worry about in our economy today is that so many of our conversations like as businessmen and look, I'm part of a business. I work at a college where profit is a consideration is we say like, well, what, what are the dividends? Like how, like how do we maximize profit? And usually that's even construed in terms of shareholders. Well, from a Catholic perspective, that's not the first question. That's not the question that should drive the conversation. And so the particular nature of our economy and our market it forces Catholics to be challenged. And Bo and I don't have like an easy rubber stamped answer for you today, but we all have to ask ourselves, like according to the talents that God has given us and the responsibilities that God has given us, are we acting justly on behalf of those who we work alongside? Absolutely. This is the Uncommon Good. Bo Bonner, Dr. Budmar, stick around and we'll be back right after this. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. Established in Des Moines in 1924, St. Vincent de Paul assists those living in poverty to become self-sufficient by helping to remove roadblocks on their journey out of poverty. St. Vincent de Paul helps with food, clothing, and shelter, while also offering classes in financial literacy, high school completion, career readiness, and prisoner reentry. Shop, donate, volunteer, serve. The Society of St. Vincent de Paul, svdpdsm.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping. Learn more about Five Sons Naturescapes at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. fivesonsnaturescapes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Knights of Columbus, Borman, and Pfeiffer Agencies serving the Catholic families in Iowa. Knights of Columbus is a fraternal benefit society providing financial security to members and their families, specializing in life insurance, long-term care insurance, disability income insurance, retirement annuities, and you can reach Knights of Columbus field agent Dan Genther at 563-689-6801. That's 563-689-6801. Thank you and God bless. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry. Sarah is an apostolate dedicated to the support of new and existing vocations to the priesthood and consecrated life. Learn more at joinsarah.org, join S-E-R-R-A.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, brewed locally since 2012 and featuring regular, seasonal, and limited-release beers. Confluence Brewing Company, 1235 Thomas Beck Road, off the bike trail south of Grays Lake. Confluencebrewing.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Dr. David Ball from Des Moines Eye Surgeons, your total eye care specialist specializing in cataracts and glaucoma care. Des Moines Eye Surgeons, 515-255-3546, dmisurgeons.com. Back at the Uncommon Good, Bob Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr joining you this Wednesday. Thank you for listening to the show. And uh, yes, Labor Day week uh, for the Uncommon Good, an important holiday uh, that we want to make sure to talk about the church's understanding of labor because we're a show about the common good and Catholic social teaching. So, uh, yep, taking a break from our general arc this semester just to celebrate all of those who do the good creative work. And uh, for those who uh, have... Uh, laborers in mind uh, uh, and for their their best good. Just one more thing to close out the show, but I want to qu- quote one more time from John Paul II. Can you say it correctly again? Laborum exercis. Yeah, from 1981. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a labor system can be right in the sense of being in conformity with the very essence of the issue and in the sense of being intrinsically true and also morally legitimate if in its very basis it overcomes the opposition between labor and capital through an effort at being shaped in accordance with the principle put forward above, the principle of the substantial and real priority of labor, of the subjectivity of human labor, and its effective participation in the whole production process, independently of the nature of the services provided by the worker. I think that's just the thing, the bell we really want to strike today is for Catholics, the labor has priority over capital because the human has priority over any tool, object, thing in which they can, of course, have a relation to, produce, make. But the human, the image of God, is central in all economic and social economic considerations. Yeah, and I mean, I guess I would close with Bo. Whenever we talk about these things, I think it's 
um, tempt, or it's easy to take like one line or one part of Catholic social teaching and to extrapolate this like very detailed idea about politics. And there was something I said on the last segment where I talked about the challenges that we face today kind of force Catholics to be creative and to ask like our place um, in, in society today. And, you know, I think that transcends a lot of the polarities that we're prone to fall into in politics. So like at the end of the day, for each one of us, we ask like, how am I faithful to vocation? Am I rooted in my parish? I mean, am I faithful to my spouse? Am I a good parent and on down the line? And by doing all of those things, we help to build up the sort of conditions that make possible the kind of justice that we're all striving towards. Absolutely. I, I don't think there's a, a better way to, to pin the, uh, pin that, like I said, uh, Rerum Novarum is one that we always talk about uh, around this time of year. But one more time, just John Paul II himself, his t- he has two, but one, the one that starts with the word labor, essentially. <laughs> uh, make sure to read that and uh, hopefully uh, can put a good uh, uh, topping on the cake of your Labor Day weekend celebrations that you got to have. This is the Uncommon Good. May Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, reign in our hearts, family, city, state, nation, world, solar system, galaxy, the whole kit and caboodle. This is the Uncommon Good, and we'll be back next week. Bud, if folks want to be a part of the prayer life here on Iowa Catholic Radio, what are ways they can do so? So you can use the Iowa Catholic Radio app anytime, anywhere to pray the rosary. We also broadcast the rosary on air at 6 in the morning and 10 a.m., right after you've listened to The Uncommon Good on Wednesdays and the Divine Mercy Chaplet at 2.55 in the afternoon. And if you want to be a part of what we're up to here on Iowa Catholic Radio, also easy to do so. Always go to iowacatholicradio.com. You can listen live and all the good stuff like that. Donate if you want to. But you can also see uh, events that are happening. So September 9th, uh, we have St. Francis of Assisi, uh, the Man Up West Power Lunch. That's going to be at noon. A panel of newly ordained deacons sharing their vocation call. So again, St. Francis of Assisi, September 9th at noon. Also the big one, September 24th and 25th at Wells Fargo Arena here in Des Moines, starting at 8 a.m., is the Christ Our Life Conference. Guests include Father John Ricardo, Chris Stefanik, Matt uh, Frad, Patricia Sandoval, uh, Keith Nestor, Tim Jamison, uh, Magnus McFarland Barrow, and Steve uh, Angrisano. I always mess his name up, but also, also I think local luminaries might be there as well. Um, you want to make sure to go check that out. Uh, tickets are available. You can go to our website and actually uh, at Iowa Catholic Radio and click that and find that out as well. Uh, you can see things like the Eucharistic Miracles of the World display where they're at through the diocese things like that. But as always, uh, this show, this program, and everything we're doing on Iowa Catholic Radio uh, is a ministry that is not just the people on the air behind the booth or in the offices. It's also very much your ministry as well. So your time, talent, and treasure really do make this possible. Uh, we thank you for your prayers and the volunteer hours, hours, but we also, of course, are always uh, respectfully begging uh, for your material support, and you can provide that at iowacatholicradio.com on the donate button. You can call 515-223-1150. Good folks there would love to talk to you about ways that you can donate uh, to Iowa Catholic Radio, uh, but it's your material support that makes things like the Uncommon Good and all that we do possible here, and we want to thank you in advance. Well, bud, uh, like you said, summer officially over, football began, school began, baseball's getting ready to be a lot of fun, a lot of stuff going on, so don't enjoy yourself too much uh, 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 in the coming weeks. Blessings, everyone. No, we're praying for you. This is The Uncommon Good, and we'll be back next week. The Uncommon Good with Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr is heard every week on wonderful Catholic stations like this one and anytime on podcasts. Just search for The Uncommon Good. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and The Uncommon Good provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences. Learn more at mchs.edu.